ATV Talk, the podcast presents Inspired. Sit down with your host, Leonard Duncan, as he interviews men and women whose stories are so inspirational that they need to be shared. Hopefully, their stories may inspire you and create a change. Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years, with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, Terramaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports Tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV dampener with better control and handling with an upgraded vein and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Marsha Garcia, thank you so much for coming on ATV Talk Inspired. I know that not a lot of people are going to understand this, but we're going to try to bring some awareness to what you're going to tell us about today. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. So I we started premature and you were going to tell me because I can't even pronounce what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> Trigeminal neuralgia. Wow. How many people did it take to come up with that name? Well, I'm sure some doctor came up with it, but it involves the trigeminal nerve, which is right here in your face. Okay. And what, how did that happen? Well, I was doing a desert race, a District 38 desert race, and I crashed. Um, pretty bad get off. And from what the neurologist believes, I damaged my trigeminal nerve. So um, where, it, where, where it's located is surgery is not an option for me. So I can only deal with it by medicating. And it's a very, very excruciating pain. It's, a, it's almost like a throbbing headache in your face nonstop. It never goes away. It's either you know, I'm having a good day at two or three, or I'm at 10, which is the worst pain describable. It's worse than labor pains. So it's all about controlling the flare-ups, and that's walking a pretty thin line. So is this, are all of the people that suffer from this injury-based, or is it? No, it's not all injury-based. Some people have had it since they were kids, went into remission. And then once they got a little bit older, 
it came back. So they don't really know specifically how each individual person gets it. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So, and how long have you been dealing with this? I've been dealing with it for probably about six years. And I only was diagnosed two years ago. So this whole entire time I'd been to an ear, nose and throat doctor. I had been to a migraine specialist. Uh, I was told that I had an injury in my shoulder from ATV racing that just needed to work out. So it was a long process just to find out what it was. It was misdiagnosed so many different times, um, but finally was referred to a pain specialist that was talking about giving me um, cortisone shots in my head, which kind of scared me, but I'm looking for any type of you know, solution to the pain. And he said, I think you might need to go back to the neurosurgeon about uh, trigeminal neuralgia. And I'd never heard about it before. So of course I go home and Google it really quick. And I was, I was mortified at what I was reading because it was exactly what I had been dealing with for all these years and didn't know. And then when I found out that there was no cure for it other than exploratory surgery, and hopefully they can you know, fix it, but there's a possibility it could come back. And that's just not a risk I'm willing to take right now. So is there a support group? Support group is pretty much Facebook from all that I found. And on the support group, I've found that everyone is kind of just throwing ideas about how to control their pain whether it's heat, cold, Benadryl, uh, uh, you know, different types of over-the-counter medication that may help. Uh, other than that, no two people have the same reaction to how they're gonna get treated. I can take my medication that's prescribed through my doctor and it helps. The only way it can, I can actually get some comfort and, you know, go to sleep is if I take it with Benadryl. Doctors don't know why, but they say, go ahead and do it. It's safe, whatever works for you. So that, and, you know, some medicinal things that they say help, that's, that's really all that you can do. Wow. That's crazy. So let's talk about something fun for a minute and bring that conversation into um, maybe some of your uh, emotional treatment. You race ATVs. Yes. And and in your information that you sent me, it's a it's a passion and a love, like we all have. Everybody on ATV Talk, I'm uh, most everybody that comes on the show loves racing or riding ATVs. So, yes. That's how me. did you get started? I got started. My husband actually uh, purchased a an ATV without me knowing. And I was pretty disappointed. Um, so, you know, he kept trying to get me. I'm like, no, they're dangerous. I, you know, I don't want to hurt myself. You know, we got small kids. And I'll say two weeks after protesting him buying the bike, I went out with him in the desert. We just, we had a blast. And I'll say probably the next two weeks or so, I had my own plot. And then we were out desert riding and his, 
his friends said, oh, let's go up to Speed World. They have a race going on. And I was like, a race? You know, what do you mean a race? And they said, oh, yeah, they race out there. So it happened to be a, a works race. And we went out there and they were racing the, the ATVs. And I was I was hooked. I From that day on, I was, I was going to be a rider. I was going to be a racer. And so that's, it started from there. And eventually my husband sold his quad to buy me parts for my quad and he just became the mechanic. So that's how it all started. That's pretty incredible. So how many years have you, have you been racing works now? I've been racing on and off uh, for probably about 10 years now, uh, whether it was the local races here or with works i have i have three championships with works and i have a few with the azop here uh, in arizona so i've been been racing a lot but i've had to take some years off for we moved to a different state or for health reasons but it at this point it's just part of my life it it actually helps with the depression that comes along with the the, the pain that i have to deal with so regularly so it, it helps that's one of my questions is, so if you're having a bad pain day and it's race day, what do you do? That happened at Glen Helen and I had to, I know my body and I had to ask myself, is this going to uh, affect me writing? I mean, the pain was so intense and it's been a while since it's been that intense on a race day, it's usually after a race, but this time it was before the race. So I, you know, sat out there and a few people came up to me and asked me, are you okay? Are you okay? And at that point I had ringing in my ears, but I said, you know what, I, I'm going to go back and lay down and feel better 15 minutes later. I'm just going to push through it. And I pushed through and I, I, I took first, I felt while I was out there writing I just just kept telling myself just finish just finish just finish and that got me through um after the race I I was I was pretty bad so I did my emergency protocol took my pain meds you know got my heating pad cold pad so I did what I had to do and I I started feeling a little bit better but after a flare-up it's almost feels like how do I put it I just feel so exhausted I just feel exhausted. So after doing a you know, 40, 50 minute race and then coming back and dealing with a flare up, it, it takes a lot out of me. So I contemplated whether I was gonna race the next day. And I, you know, I just, it's what I do. It's what I love to do. So if I'm gonna hurt, I'm gonna hurt doing something that I absolutely love to do. And, and you know what, that's uh, what most ATV racers or, or racers in general will tell you is the pain is always worth it. Yeah, it is. It's, it's like I said, it's part of my life. It's, I can't imagine having this disease and not racing because then I wouldn't have anything to look forward to. I mean, I have grandkids and they're great and I love them, love being around them and they give me joy, but so does racing. So does going and seeing, you know, my friends and, you know, the excitement of race day and what's the track going to look like. And, you know, it just, that in itself is, is medication for me. That's incredible. 
<clears throat> let me ask you some questions um, about, um, we talked about support groups. Um, <clears throat> what do you do as far as reaching out to other individuals and how many other individuals off of Facebook or social media have reached out to you for some guidance? Well, I um, just recently uh, spoke to um, a representative from the Facial Pain Institute of the United States, and I'll be doing an uh, interview with them um, next month to try to, to get the message out there. Um, my concern is that we are losing trigeminal neuralgia sufferers to suicide because the lack of treatment that they have out there for us. It's, it's pain management. It's not, let's try to fix the problem other than just let's try surgery. And if it doesn't work, then you're back to square one. Uh, when you go into an emergency room and you're feeling like you're on death's door because you are in so much pain and they don't know what it is and they can't find out what it is, they, they kind of mark you like you're coming for pain medications. Like, yeah, you've been here before. We, there's nothing wrong with you. And that has happened to me so many times. This was before I was diagnosed. And I just felt like I'm, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. I'm in so much pain and the doctors can't find anything. The you know emergency room can't do anything for you. They just kind of send you home with something that they think is going to help but that has nothing to do with it at all. So I, I can see where the suicide rate is going up because people just can't cope and deal with this day in and day out without any answers. It's, it's torture is what it is. So even though I don't think that I'll, I'll ever get the surgery done, at least I know what it is and I can kind of reach out to someone else and say, hey, what have you tried? Have you tried this medication? What worked for you? Um, you, can, you can go to someone and ask them for advice, but if you don't know what it is, you don't even know who to turn to because the doctors don't, don't know enough about it. So is there, is there research programs into this where they're doing studies for you or on you, I might, might ask? Um, there's, there's quite a few studies going on out there, but it's, the problem is it's a, it's a nerve and there's, there's, it's, you know, branches off into three directions and the, you know, the anomaly can be anywhere within that nerve. And if they can't see it on a CAT scan or an MRI, they're not touching it. And that, wow. that's my problem. They can't see it, so they can't operate on it. Um, if there is, you know, there's if there is a surgery and you qualify for it, your insurance pays for it, and they go in there, they put a balloon between the nerve and, you know, the um, the vein, um, so that it won't um, rub up against it or irritate it or whatever the situation is. But it's not a hundred percent. So you may go a year or so, and then that fails. And then you have to, you know, say, hey, am I going to go get surgery again? And it not being 100% is what, what I just, I don't agree with. I mean, they can go, go in there and poke around, but what's going to happen if 
something else goes wrong during the surgery. So I'm not interested right now. I just would like more support when you find out that you have trigeminal neuralgia. I would like for them to be able to give you the devices to cope with uh, depression and have someone to call if you are having thoughts that you can't go on. Because um, I know I've been there. I've been so down and out and so in so much pain and having to get up and go to work the next day and not knowing what's wrong and not even being on any medication because they didn't know what it was. It's, it's unbearable. It, it's, it's like nothing you could ever experience. Wow. I grew up most of my life without ever getting a headache, not, not understanding what that is. And I crashed on a motorcycle in 1999 mm -hmm. and suffered a concussion, a pretty severe one uh, where it put me in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, ever since then, I've experienced migraines. Yeah. So I, it's nothing like what you experienced, but uh, you know, I, I've had migraines that have put me under mm -hmm. two or three days because it's just, it's just so bad. And yeah. um, uh, I, I get it, it. What it is, is it's just, it, it, it freaks me out because I'm a, I'm not a headache person. I'm not a sick person. And, and I, and yeah. I, I don't know how to deal. Yeah. You know, so I, I have a yeah, lot of it's, for um, you because I don't, I don't, A, I don't understand it. Um, and B, there's so many things that we don't understand that are happening with our bodies. Yeah. Scary. Isn't it? Isn't it? I was talking yes. to the doctor yesterday and <clears throat> he was on the show and he said, if you brush your teeth too hard, you can get a bacteria in your gum that can cause you to get an infection that can kill you. Oh my gosh. And damned like, if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, so I should never brush my teeth again. And he goes, no, that's what I said. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> he goes, no, that's not what I said. I said, yeah, you know, I'm... <laughs> because you've been brushing your teeth for 50 some years. Yes. Yeah. Just don't brush so hard next time. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's studies out there that say that certain foods cause flare-ups, bananas being one of them. Well, I have bananas all race week in. You know, I didn't know this. Um, tomato sauce, it's so, but it affects everybody differently. You know, I bananas, yeah, maybe. Tomato sauce, no, I'm, I love Italian food. And I- never had a flare-up from that but other people have so it's hit or miss have you have you caught any foods or anything that directly affects it i think white granulated sugar is a problem for me so i try not to have, have that but other than that i won't try it for the sake of getting a flare. Um, there's been times where I've been in bed all, all weekend, like starts on Friday, in bed all day Saturday, recovery on Sunday. So I am very cautious about what I eat. 
what I do, being out in the sun for too long, um, you know, getting dehydrated. I really have to pay attention to what my body's telling me because it usually starts at the base of my neck. And I can, if I don't catch it by a certain time and try to medicate and do all of the emergency protocol, if I don't stop it, I'll say within an hour or two, um, that's it. I'm done for. It's, it's, I'm just going to have to let it take its course. I'm not going to be able to stop it. So. And how long do they generally last? They generally last, uh, I'll say about nine to 10 hours. It'll start tapering off. And then after it, I just feel so exhausted. It, it, it's, it's just, it's like labor. You're just so exhausted from being in pain for such a long period of time. Your body's just, is just exhausted. So just lay around and, you know, wait to get your strength back and get back on the horse. And I've dealt with it for so long. It's just, that's what I do. It's, that's how I have to live with it. So where do I go to reach out for help? Well, you're going to want to go to your neurologist or a neurosurgeon. That's who's going to be able to tell you what your options are, what the, the route that you're going to take. Um, the facial pain or research um, of America, it's a great um, resource to find different options. Um, you know, whether it's holistic or, you know, you need a support group or they can point you in the direction that you need to go to. But I want to be a more outspoken advocate. I've never once heard about this on TV. I've never seen any kind of, uh, you know, medical show about it. I, nothing. I So I would have never known. Um, but you hear so many things about cancer, you know, all these different things, alcoholism. And I just so many people that it affects and for it to be causing, you know, suicide. And I, I just think more attention needs to be called to it. You know, someone may have it right now and they don't know that they have it. They've never heard of it. They're struggling with their doctor. They're struggling with their insurance company to get, you know, this special CAT scan that can determine whether you have it or not. Somebody's struggling with that right now and they don't know that they have it. And that to me is just such, it's a waste of time. Because like I said, I went through it for so long and didn't know. And now that I know, I feel like I have a little bit more control of how I deal with it. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Um, you're a very tough lady. Um, yeah. now, I, now I understand I why you're, Thank you. Now I understand why your husband brags on you so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, I think, my number one fan. I think so, too. So. Because he was super excited to talk to me in the pits about you. Yeah, yeah. He um, he knows that I, you know, I, I'm such a friendly person. And sometimes I, I feel like, oh, should I go talk to him? Go, should I go talk to him? And he says, yeah, go talk to him. Go talk to him, you know. And so I, you know, he kind of pushes me to go go talk to people. So um, I've, I've met so many different people and they're like, I, I saw you out there, but I didn't, I, you know, I didn't know your name or I didn't, didn't come up to you. So yeah, I've, I've met quite a few people uh, and when, you know, in my racing days and I've, I met quite a few, um, you know, the pro racers and I just, it just, just keeps me going. I just, I can do this. I can do this. That's awesome. I saw on your social media post 
uh, there were other ladies with you who were in your riding gear. And uh, were you offering some riding tips or what was what was going on there? So what I'm doing is I, I know I can't race forever and it's I love the sport. I and to to ever think that it would not be around kind of scares me. I want to empower women, um, underprivileged kids to be able to experience what I experience. No matter you're down and out, try something different. Um, it may help you with ever with what problems you're dealing with. So if you're you're dealing with getting out of a you know domestic abuse violence type of relationship, let go for a weekend and try something else. Me being out on a quad and and you know racing you know men my age, girls half my age, and winning and doing the best that I can, that makes me feel so powerful over any disease, over anything that I might encounter during the week. When I get on the bike and the flag drops and I'm out of there, I, I, I just, honestly, I feel like Wonder Woman. I feel like nothing can stop me. And that carries over into my everyday life. It makes me feel stronger. So if I can pass some of that along to someone who's being abused or somebody who is shy or someone who has never ridden a quad before, I want to share that. So I'm reaching out to different organizations and setting things up for them to come out on the weekends um, and experience that. So it's uh, working on nonprofit right now. And I've reached out to quite a few different um, uh, businesses and they're, they're very interested. It's something that's going to be starting, you know, full-time next year, uh, 2022. So looking forward to that, that gets me, it just, it makes me feel like, Hey, you're accomplishing something. You're not just going out there to race. You're not going out there to get a trophy or a championship. You're going out there to make a difference. And that, that in itself takes, it, it's not a race to me. It's, it's a, it's an accomplishment. I'm trying to spread the word. That's incredible. That's so awesome. What do your kids think? <laughs> I'm crazy. No, <laughs> I've been doing it for so for so long. You know, they're they just they're very supportive. They you know they all have young families, so they're you know dealing with their kids. Uh, my youngest is 21, um, and my oldest is 30. So, and then I've got a, you know, a daughter in between and there's three grandkids in between them. And they, you know, they had their chance to race and ride and they weren't really interested. So it kind of left me doing it myself. And, and I would show up to the races and, oh, where's your kid at? Or is your husband racing? No, it's me. <laughs> so um, I, I don't mind that they don't come because, uh, you know, they're, they're going to sit and listen to me, tell them about the whole race, the whole weekend. So I, I, I don't try to get anybody to, you know, come out to the races or, or anything. They, they follow me, they know what's going on. So. That's, that's pretty incredible. And, and you've got them all into riding it at, at different times and points in their life. I tried. Yes. 
And and they I tried my 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 oldest my son he he had a quad and he says he crashed it but it was more like a tip over, and then my daughter she she ran track and field so she was really busy with that and then my youngest he raced a few races but never at the level that I was at they never were were that interested like like I had been but it, it just meant something different to me so that's that's incredible my, um i i my dad raced my brother raced my brother liked, i liked football so he went he went the football route mostly um yeah. i love to race uh, i mean i'll race turtles in the driveway if that's what we got to race <laughs> right <laughs> uh, i mean i'm always been i think a better mechanic than i was a racer so working on them or being in the pits or doing something that I can be more constructive than, than actually being the racer. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. If, if I, if I could still race, I would, but yeah, being the guy that works on the machine and preps it and has everything dialed in, um, is just as big a challenge for me as, as racing was. Yeah. So yes, yeah, see, I'm heading that direction. I I know it's going to come to an end at some point, no time soon, but I want to be in the thick of it even after I'm done racing. Well, let, 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 me, let me shed some light on this for you. You know Rick Ellsworth? Oh, yeah. He's in his 60s. Yeah. You're only 51. We go way back. Yeah. You're still you're still young compared to him. <laughs> I mean, no offense, Rick. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I look up to Rick and I know he is still grinding just like he was when I first met up, met him back in the whiplash days, you know. So yeah, I I I just think with and I've been told before by the doctors you need to quit racing. And so what do I do? I go and get another doctor. So until I'm ready, full on ready, uh, it's not going to happen. I, I just keep every year pushing on and pushing on. So, well, I don't want you to stop racing because of your age. I want you to stop racing because you physically know that it's not for your abilities any longer. And, you know, Joe Bird raced professionally until he was 45. Doug I yeah. was almost 50 when he stopped racing professionally. So yeah. you, you start looking at, at, at these guys like, like Rick is still racing. Doug raced in uh, um, Idaho. No, it wasn't Idaho. Uh, it was in Utah. He came yeah. out and raced in the 50 plus class, you know, so, so he still throws his leg over. Um, yeah. I test ride, you know, so there's so many guys and there's so many ladies out there that are still riding. Um, don't you dare yeah. stop because somebody told you you're too old, you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to keep at it as long as, like you said, as long as I can throw my leg over the quad, I am going to, I'm going to keep at it. Um, Doug Eichner, he was one of my favorites. And I remember going to that race at Speed World and watching him and Angela Butler race. And at the time I had a, a Polaris, a Predator. And man, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to do that. And I, those were, they were my idols. They were great. And I, I met Angela, but I never, I never got to meet Doug. And then when I found Rick Ellsworth actually told 
told me, you know, I raised Don Eichner today. I was like, he was here. Like, I didn't know he was racing. I would have went out and talked to him because I'd never met him before. But I, I had a flare up and I didn't get a chance to go meet him. So next time. Next well, time. Uh, have you ever heard of Tavis Kane? No. Tavis Kane was a motocross racer and an early freestyle guy. Well, I had Tavis on the podcast and Doug and Tavis were teammates for a number of years. Tavis actually won the very first works professional quad race. Really? And Doug was second. Wow. Well, I know that. So Tavis called Doug out to race in, in a, an upcoming works race. So there's a chance that Tavis and Doug may race the 40 plus uh, a class Ooh. and it could happen in prim it could happen at a different race but but uh yeah that's something that i'm hoping uh happens because tavis called him that's out on the, on the show no yeah there's, no there's, i, I want to see that <laughs> yeah i mean tavis is a little younger than doug but uh tavis hasn't raced a quad or ridden a quad for 20 years oh man Man, that's that was, a long when, time. When he retired, he retired. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, you know, I've, I've retired before. I've retired before. I've sold everything ex except my boots, everything, goggles, everything except the boots. And sure enough, a year or two later, I'm right back into it. Right back in, into it. New gear, larger size. <laughs> different goggles you know so it's just it it keeps calling me back it's it's just something i have to do and and i want you to keep doing it because for the love of the sport you just have to yeah um, do you know and have you heard that the women's a group uh got together with randy perry the owner of works mm -hmm. and they are petitioning for a woman's pro class what do you think about that I think that's wonderful. That is a stride in the right direction. They deserve it. Those girls are fast. They, they deserve to be up there. And I think it will also, it'll give everyone a gradual step up to the next class. Cause I think where we're at right now, I think there's a lot of girls in the C class that should be in the B class. Class. And I think there's girls in the B class that should be in the A class. Might not be ready for pro, but I think that's well deserving of them. I think they need to have that class. I think that's how um, they're going to grow the women's division. Yes. By pulling the faster A riders to the pro class mm -hmm. and allowing the B riders to become A riders. Um, it's the transition the same that they have for the men. Um, yes. Do you follow the motorcycle side at all? No, I. I follow, you know, the results and, and things like that. Um, I do watch it, um, but, you know, I wouldn't know the different people by name. Are you going to Prim? I am. There's a young lady you should meet. Her name okay. is Brandy Richards. Okay. She is probably the most dynamic woman racer I have ever spoken to. Okay. I am enthralled with this woman. I can't wait to meet her because I've had her on my show. 
I'm supposed to do another show with her because she was in the six days. She's won the pro-am class on a motorcycle against the men this <sighs> weekend before Tori got on the podium in the, in the men's pro-am uh, it works in the ATV. So um, there are some changes coming and I don't think these boys are ready. Yeah, I'm um I'm looking forward to doing um some traveling with um some of the different writers next year back to East Coast. Um I got a really good sponsorship uh contract that I just signed and I'll tell you a little bit more about it later. But um yeah, we will be making some trips down there and I would like to take some of the ladies with me just to be able to branch out because not not all of us are able to just pick up and go and do a GC, GNCC race or you know a ATV MX race uh, you know out at Loretta Lens or anything like that so that's something that I'm working on right now for next year so that's um, that's something that's near and dear to me but I'm I'm, I'm working on it I'm working on it well, if we can promote you in any way, shape, or form, make sure that you get us the information. Reach out to us on social media. Um, uh, Andrea Berger uh, reached out to us, and we did some uh, posting for her to help her with one of her. Um, it's not her sponsor, but it's a sponsor for the uh, the women's division, and she's trying to get some support for the autograph sessions and things like that. And, okay. uh, so we are more than happy to release things for you on the, on the social media platforms. Uh, we're not the biggest, but we're growing every day. And, uh, yes, yes, we do have a, we, the, the, the show actually has a bigger reach than Instagram and Facebook, but we're always growing in those departments. So we'll be more than glad okay. to, uh, to post and help you in any way possibly can. Perfect. That that works for me. I've got um, I've got a photo shoot coming up with um, ATV magazine and um, with the Facial Pain Institution, and um, that that is going to be big because I'm going to be be able to use the ATV platform in order to get the word out about trigeminalgia. And I think it's catching. I think it's catching because when I tell people what I do and what I have, they say that doesn't work. That's that doesn't work together. And I say, yeah, I make it work together. It's something that it has to be done. We have we've got to find a cure. And right now, I just feel like it's inadequate. And I, I know a lot of other uh, trigeminal sufferers feel the same way. It's just inadequate treatment for what we go through every day you use it as a therapy i'm assuming the yes. race. it is it is a therapy yep that's such a it's such a great therapy yeah it helps keep the depression away you know if i can go out there and watch the pro race and you know cheer on my favorite pro racer and you know get out there and talk about you know how i you know raced with somebody's husband and i past them or they've roosted me, you know, whatever it is, it's just a, a great story camaraderie at the end of each race weekend that 
you know, what, what else would I be doing? Sitting at home, you know, on pain meds, I'm going to be in pain no matter what. So why not be doing something that I absolutely love to do rather than sitting at home just in pain? I just, I've dealt with it like that for so long. It's just the only option, only option. That's, that, that's just incredible. Uh, you, you, you have no idea how tough you are. I don't even think you realize. Yeah, you know? I don't. My mom would call it crazy, senile, but <laughs> I don't tell her half the stuff I do because she doesn't like it. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's a mother's prerogative. Yes. Let, me, let me ask you another question. You know, you, you do have to be in fairly good shape to race. And, and how do you train? How do you keep yourself in better physical conditions so that you can race? Uh, what are your limitations or what aren't your limitations? I, um, I, I do a lot of walking, um, have, you know, if I, if I'm not active, I have problems with my knees, but other than that, I just, I walk pretty much everywhere I go. If I pick my, my grandkids up from school, I walk to the school and get them. Um, I do go out to the desert and train. Um, you know, I have a loop out in the desert that I do, um, you know, my husband times me. Um, do some work out there with him, you know, on the starts, go to the track, usually twice a month um, out at um, Canyon and Moto Land. I just go out there and do as many motos as I can. Um, for me, it's more keeping my stamina up, um, not necessarily keeping my body in shape because I you know I, I do that anyways. But um, the medicine that I take for the trigeminal neuralgia it makes you very, very sleepy, very fatigued. And um, that that in itself is a fight to keep my energy levels up. So um, some days I, I don't have it. Some days I just don't have it. I don't have the energy. Um, other days I have too much. <laughs> um, I just, it, you just take the good with the bad. Wow, that's that's an incredible deal. How do we... I should have asked this earlier, the organization that you're dealing with, how do people get in touch with them to find out more of the things that they can help with, or maybe that we can get involved with trying to support them? Um, is there a website that we can go to? If you can um, go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, you can go to the um, Facial Pain Association of America. You can Google uh, trigeminal tri tri neuralgia. And if you go on there, it's going to take, it's going to give you a link that you can go to. Um, and it just tells you how you can help. Um, there's a, a 5k walk, uh, that happened this, this uh, month, cause this is, um, facial pain awareness month. Um, and trigeminal neuralgia was on the, um, ninth. So this is the month where uh, you're going to find more information out there than any other time. Um, there's stories, uh, you know, different people, how they cope and their coping mechanism. I have one um, follower and she does 5K runs and that's her release. Like mine's ATV racing, hers is her, her marathons. Um, so she's building up to do, you know, Ironman, all these different types of races as to where I'm trying to 
buildup, I'm trying to do the Parker 250. So nice. I'm trying to get somewhere and that's keeping my mind focused on something more so I can focus on my disease less. So that's where I'm headed. So that's outstanding. Uh, I, like, again, I'm inspired by talking with you and, and my little nicks and bruises are nothing compared to what you're dealing with. Um, I would also appreciate it if you could email me a link to those people so that we can post this information um, and get this information out to our community. Um, I know that the ATV people that I've dealt with in my life are always willing to reach out and help. And I just want to make sure that they have this information so that um, the people that want to get involved and want to make sure that uh, they're getting the, the knowledge so that they can maybe have a friend. I'm sure it's more widespread than we even know. Yes. Yes, I, I know it is. Because when I first posted this, um, one of the people that follow, I, I follow, they follow me, they said that their brother has it. And he I was the only other person that they knew that had it. Um, I recently set up at the Arizona State Fair, I had a booth uh, just talking about, you know, the local races that we do and, and works. And um, an old, old gentleman came up to me, he was probably about 75, 80, and he had it. And I, I was the only other person that he met that had it. So they're out there. It's just a matter of talking to people. Um, if I can talk to somebody who has similar, um, you know, problems, pains that I had in the doctors can't figure out, hey, maybe have your doctor check you for this. And that may, that may be all they need to, you know, get it under control. But dealing with that without medication is simply the worst thing that you could ever do. And I had to do it for so many years. And it just upsets me that doctor did at the emergency room, they didn't say more. They didn't know about it. They didn't explore that that was a possibility. I mean, the face being numb, waking up with your face numb in the middle of the night and, you know, your eye being shut, you can't open it. It just, it, there was so many different red flags there. I, I don't understand how they could not point to that. But if you go to a neurosurgeon or a pain specialist, they know what to look for. So it's, it's not just a headache. It's not just stress. It's not just, oh, it could be high blood pressure. Oh, it could be your teeth. You know, there's so many things that it could be, but they're not looking at trigeminal neuralgia. So that is what I want to put out there. That is, it is such a thing. It is the, characterizes the worst pain known to man or woman. So how, how can that be overlooked? Yeah, I, I'm floored by, by, but, but, but we hear the story of the medical industry, not catching things all the time, you know, yeah. I, uh, I want to ask a question and you can tell me if you want to answer this or not. Okay. Um, is it opiates? Do you, you, do you take opiates for the pain relief or is it another form of medication? And have you tried the CBD or the THC? style um, pain relief? Yes. So um, I've tried everything. A lot of the medications that they give you are for 
um, seizures, seizure medication, uh, nerve damage type medications. Opioids do not work on me. Um, really? Yes, they do not work on me. Um, I take a medication that's called sumatriptan. And that is the medication that you take when you feel like you're getting ready to have a flare. And if you don't catch it with that first dose, you can take another dose an hour later, which is supposed to squash it. But if it doesn't work that second time, you can't take that pill again for another week. So it's, it's, I, you just find ways to deal with it. You know, I take Excedrin, extra strength Excedrin. I take that with my Benadryl and my Sumatriptan and it works good for me. And where did I find all this from? Different posts that people put online. That's where I'm getting my information from. Not the doctors, it's other people who are also suffering that are desperate that are telling each other what they try. So maybe this will work for you. Maybe this will work for you. Um, I've tried THC. Uh, um, yeah, it makes me feel good, but does it get rid of it? No, it just kind of makes me forget about it uh, for a little while. Um, just like racing, when I'm racing, I'm not thinking about I'm in pain. Oh my, should I take my goggles off? They hurt, my face is hurting. I'm thinking you gotta get to the checker. You got to get to the checker. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. You come across a timer. Oh, I got eight minutes left. Okay, let me think about that eight minutes while I'm out there on, on the course. Um, I don't think about the pain, but the minute I pull in, take my helmet goggles off, I'm reminded of how bad the pain is because I'm not focused on anything else. I'm just focused on the pain. So if I can, you know, deal with something else for, you know, 50 minutes, minutes or whatever. That's, that's what I do. Take a little bit of time. You can't look at it like, oh my God, I'm going to wake up first thing in the morning and it's going to be the most miserable day because I'm going to be in pain all day. Got to think about something else, you know. Always have that one thing that you can go do that, that makes it better. Yes. Got to have it. So that's awesome. Marsha, I want to thank you so much for spending the time with us and reaching out and talking to us about this. That's um, brave. Not everybody wants to um, reach out and, and tell their story. And like I said earlier, if you need us to post for you, if you need us to um, get a, do something to, to help them spread the word, please don't hesitate to reach out. I would really appreciate it if you'd send me that link information so that I can attach that to your episode. Sure. And uh, we're going to get you on uh, released here really soon, okay. uh, probably sooner than you think um, because November's right around the corner and, and uh, our first inspired episode is the second week of November and you're it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh. I'd be honored. Well, we are honored to have you and, and thank you for your support of the ATV industry and please keep racing because we need spirit like yours out on the track or in the pits, cheering everybody on and, and, and make it a funner event. Yeah, that's, that's what it's all about to me. And it all, I'll just let you know that, um, I, uh, signed a contract, uh, for sponsorship with, we 
in motorsports this week. So I am very excited for next year. I I just feel like this is going to open doors for what I'm trying to do. And that's that's something that I'm going head first into next year. So that's those are my plans. Did did they know about your um what do you call it? Condition? Disease? We, they call it a disease. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got injured, and that's how they said I got it. So I don't know how they call it a disease, but mine's more like an injury. They do know about it. I, I've met uh, Chad on uh, quite a few different occasions, and um, you know, I've reached out to him, talked to him, been to some of his races, and um, so I, I've applied for sponsorship. And um, you know, I did it not thinking. I would hear anything, you know, I've, I've done it with, you know, James Stewart. I've done it with a number of people just hoping to get my name out there. And they reached back out to me and said that they would wanted me to be a sponsored writer. And I was floored. I read the contract, printed it out two or three different times, just to make sure. I mean, I, I, I can just go so many different directions with it because I, I have something to say and I need for it to be heard. So if I can take that on the road down to GNCC or ATVMX, you know, I I love the sport of ATV racing. So if I could put those two together, that's that's such an accomplishment for me. Well, congratulations on that contract. And Thank you. like I said, if we can help you in any way, please reach out to us. And uh, ATV Talk always wants to support and we always want to spread the word. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.